Welcome back to another episode of Have a Dope Day. I'm your host, Gabriel Lopez. Man, I got a special friend today, Emery, a.k.a. Monsters in Suits. What's up, G? What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. I like that color shirt. You know, it's popping. <laughs> it's good, dude. Um, all right, so I know you've done other podcasts about different topics, but today the topic is going to be you and your journey in art. So let's get into it. Thank Where you, does art start for you? You know, um, like like most artists, you, you start out as a little kid, um, drawing a lot in um, in class. You know, you're always drawing in class. I think it's probably probably like a way to deal with anxiety. Yeah. You know, you're. I mean, even in elementary school. I mean, that's all I did. And um, I, I I have friends that come up to me today, or or people on Facebook I haven't seen in like forty or thirty years, and they're like, oh, I still got your drawings from from a uh, like fifth grade. And, um, so, you know, I was, I was the big kid in class drawn all the time man, nonstop. And, um, illustration was, was, was a passion for me when I was young. Okay. And, and I think I had parents that, you know, my dad is a, is a, you know, artistic dude. He's a very good, um, he's actually a talented illustrator as well. And, um, and so they really supported me being creative and having that imagination and, um, you know, I was, I was introverted when I was a kid. I, I grew out of it when I got older, you know, but, um, being introverted, you're, you're in your head, you're uncomfortable in the classroom and you're bored to shit in the classroom. You know, you're dealing with subjects that you don't care about. Oh, and, shit. uh, you know, I, I had extra energy and you put it in a drawing, man. And I just did that kind of obsessively. Is that the definition for an introvert? Is um, being kind of in your head. Yeah. Fuck. I guess I'm an introvert. I didn't you know. know that. That's wild. Yeah, but I mean, nowadays I think when you get older, you kind of grow out of it. Excited. Yeah, you find ways to when it's necessary and when it's not. Yeah. What about uh, let's backtrack a little bit. You said your father's was yeah. one of your first inspirations. I remember we talked before. Yeah, it's saying, true, man. So let's talk about pops a little bit. How um, what did he do? Dude, um, so to so my dad, he is um. He had a what he got a degree in like in like fine art, and then he went down the graphic design road, and um, he ended up being like a managing a design unit for the state. And um, but back then, when he did when graphic design was around, when he was doing it, it was very artistic. You're doing like illustrations, yeah, for like magazines and and uh, publications, and everything was done by hand. Like there are paste ups where you paste the letters in. Yeah. I mean, there's no computers doing the text. Yeah. You were actually pasting the, the letters in and um, everything was done by hand and it was very artistic. It was very creative. And, and, um, and so, and a part of him being a graphic designer was he, he did these amazing illustrations for these publications for the state. Oh, really? And I mean, they were from anything from like child abuse to like, to prescription management and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff, man. But there were super, Ill, super detailed pen and ink illustrations and, um, you know, stippling where you're doing the dot, the dot works, cross hatching, all that kind of thing. And then, um, and I didn't even realize it until I was older and until I was doing the exact same type of art. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. where my, my inspiration was. But the thing was, is like, I think the real the real deal was when I was drawing like that obsessively when I was a kid, my parents were totally accepting of it. They're totally cool. Like I remember one time I used to do I used to made I made my name into a logo when I was a kid. Oh, that's tight. I yeah. was like fifth grade, 
and I, and I had this logo for my name and, um, the teacher came to my parents and, and they're like, Oh, we have a problem. Like, like Emory shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. You know, and they, he, they need, he needs to be writing his name correctly. And, uh, my parents were like, nah, man, that's dope, dude. Yeah, that's tight. Keep on doing it. That's fire. Yeah, that's fire. Shout out to my mom and dad. That's tight. Yeah. But, um, and, and also it's like, you know, he supported me by like, uh, give me drawing books and like, um, I think detail was talking about this, but, um, but how to draw comics the Marvel way. Oh, okay. There's a book. Okay. And um, it's like, dude, I still have that book, man. And and that was like, I think my first drawing book was looking at that, how to draw com- comics the Marvel way, seeing like the figures and seeing, seeing the poses and then trying to do them. Yeah. See, that's always been, so you said a bunch of things. Let me just recap on one thing specifically. I have a friend whose father was also into graphic design, early 60s, I think into like the 80s or something or 70s, I don't remember. But he had this book that was like five phone books thick and it was all alphabets. It was all like uh, sheets of like pre-drawn things and they were for ads. It would be like six or seven different templates of like uh, Thanksgiving dinner layouts for like uh, the newspaper and shit. And I just remember thinking like, wow, Arts really fucking changed like a Seriously, lot. Man. Even the way we 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 process art has changed now. Like it's so quick. Like you really got to do something amazing to get any type of traction or get any type of like movement on your art. But even back then, they were just like tediously cutting out these things, putting them down. You know, like the craft has changed a lot in a little bit of time, and specifically graphic design. Definitely, man. I mean, I can talk on that forever. Um, like even when I entered the field, like I got, um, I have a degree in graphic design from Sac State. Okay. So, um, and Sac State has a wonderful graphic design program, man. I mean, it is, it is where it's at super talented teachers. The whole program is just amazing. And, um, like if you're going to get a degree in graphic design, that's where to go. Okay. And, um, well, at least around here in Sacramento, California, Northern California, you know? Yeah. But, um, when, when I started, it was still print based and, um, I'm, I'm, I like doing print. I like going to, um, the print shops, talking to the pressmen, um, working out how it's, how it's looking, making sure there's, you know, nothing's going wrong and you can get like a really good, you know, the photo popping by talking to the pressmen and this and that. And when you're building the file, you're building it for color for the press. It's like, that's my jam, dude. Like the paper, you get to choose the paper. Okay. It's, it's like whole art it's hands form. hands on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hands on. It's whole art form. Nowadays, it's not like that at all. Like, um, most, most, most places, most places are not printing whatsoever because it costs too much. Okay. And, um, especially in Sacramento, a lot of politics happened with, um, office of state printing, taking over all the print jobs of all the state agencies and, um, and kind of putting a monopoly on how much they're going to charge. And, Uh um, so, I mean, a a booklet would be like 10 grand before now it's like 30. Damn. And we can't do anything about it because you need to print. Yeah. Well, you know, what agencies did about it was they quit printing. So everything is now a PDF. Digital. Digital. Everything's digital. And with that comes accessibility, which means it has to be read correctly by a reader, has to have a certain um, contrast with type and colors. And so it can't be super creative. Piece. It's assembly line. Yeah. And it has to be done correctly so it can be function correctly. I mean, graphic design was a marriage between art and functionality. Okay. Right. So it's like, 
it had a function, but you're, the way that you're laying it out was, was supposed to be aesthetically pre- pleasing yeah. and was to um, support certain messages that you wanted to support in that piece. Yeah. Well, now it's not about that. Now it's about the functionality about being accessible. Yeah. And it's about <laughs> being online and being digital. And it's, it's a whole nother art form. It's um, maybe not an art form at all anymore. When did it change? Um, well, for me, it really changed, like I was talking about with OSP, which was about um, I mean, probably 2009, 2010. Oh, this is a newer thing. Yeah, but it's 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 all across the board, too. I mean, it's okay. like kind of everyone's doing that. And when you look at just like a, the magazine business now, yeah, it's like all these magazines are like they're all digital, you know, like um, I think there's a couple that that's still around, but it's like most of them are digital. Is that the same thing for like 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 a citywide newspaper too? Like, um, is it is it? It kind of. I don't. I haven't read the newspaper in a long time, but yeah, like this kind of sounds like there's no the demand for newspapers like going away. Yeah, like um, the Sacramento Bee kind of closed down, right? Damn. You know, Sacramento Bee was was huge, man. It was like a huge um, business in Sacramento, and uh, that all changed too, man. So everything's going digital, and uh, you save so much money that way. See, one of my favorite things about Sunday morning was smelling the paper and yeah. getting the and getting the comic section from my grandfather here you go this is your part and like you could smell it and even after you've touched it you can smell it on your hands you know yeah. like and the paper was cool and like it was just an experience i feel like digital takes all that out of the way there's no more you're only stimulating one sense and that's like your eyes but when you can feel something touch it hold it smell it it's different it's like, Dude, it's graphic design used to be a tactile experience, man, and and, um, Ooh, and touching tactile experience, you know, awesome. yeah, but like touching a booklet or touching an annual report. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mario. Thank you. It, it used to be that that was part of the experience. So it's like yeah. when you're designing a piece. I used to design the piece with the paper in mind. I had all these paper sample booklets, right? Go ahead. And um, a whole bunch of booklets of different types of, of paper different brands of paper and they're all different and you included that into the design solution okay right so you're like well dude i want i want it to feel like this i want the 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 pages to be this heavy yeah this weight that's what's called paper weight i want and i want it to have this this amount of whiteness yeah and so everything went into it i want to have this much tooth because some paper is more smooth some some paper is, is more toothy and it was that's all went into the experience of that you designed for that piece and so um that's all gone now man it's like um my agency that i work for we we don't do any print at all anymore and that's because uh the costs i think and um and it's too bad because you know in my opinion a lot of a lot of the audience that you're designing or making um information for yeah would still like to consume it in a paper format yeah. You know, especially you have 80 year old retirees. Yeah. I'm sure they would rather have a printed piece in their hand Something reading tangible. it that they yeah. can highlight and underline things instead of an email coming through. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and to save money, that's what it's about. I mean, that's the bottom line of everything, right? It's money. It, it Yes and no. It, 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 it is. But at the same time, we're in a unique position, right? We We both do a job that slightly resembles our passion, mm-hmm. right? So Very like true, man. Very there's, true. there's a point to where I know from my own experience, once I clock off, 
the shop becomes a different space now. You know, yeah. even though I'm still in the same place, it becomes a different, I, I approach it with a different state of mind. So when you take away like that, when you take away the uh, free will part of it and it's assembly lines, got to look like this, got to look like that. But this time you almost take the soul out of the whole process. Right. So it's like, yeah, you are technically making art all day long, but it's like soulless art. So once you do that for more than a year, your art form or your passion actually becomes more valuable because you're like, dude, I have to do this shit or I'm going to like, I'm going to freak out, yeah. you know? So like that's, and I think this is one of the things that was special about your story. When I had recapped with you just the other day and you gave me the timeline, I was almost like, what? That's wild. Cause that's like just before you and I met, like, you oh, know, and yeah. I was like, dude, everybody's kind of consciously coming to the same place on their, in their own time, you know, like in their own space. And like, it's, it's happening like all at once, but. So you're saying the timeline of, of, of when my, when my shit went down. Yeah. And when yeah. you got good though, that's when my shit got good too. And I was just like, dude, how is it that two people, both artists, you're a much more mature artist in my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how is it that, that we both are similar in a lot of ways, but the outcome of the art is different? I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I, it's even cool, to, like, to collab. Like, the piece we have that, that we've done together, like, even just, I didn't know what to write on it until we had a conversation the other day, and I was like, boom, wrote it down as soon as you said it. And I was like, he doesn't even know I'm going to do this, but, like, this is tight. Can't wait to see it, bro. Yeah, so that's one of the things that I I trip out now after hearing your story. Um, let's kind of Let's kind of get back to your timeline just to stay on topic, um, you graduate from high school. Yeah. And let's talk about the decision to go to college. You get accepted to your dream college, correct? Yeah, it was a, an art school. Um, you know, a, a lot of, I was in like APR classes in high school and stuff. What's and APR? Like advanced placement art. It's Ooh. like, basically it's like, uh, yeah. The fancy stuff. Yeah, it's like, you know. If you know how to do art, you, you can get in those art high school classes. Everything else I was bad at, but I was always good at art. And um and all those cats in that class, they're all going away to to art college, man. Like either the arts art school or uh, art institute of Seattle. Yeah. Or um Otis um college art and design. Like there's a there's a thousand in um in California and they're all going away. And um these cats are I'm like, man, they're not even that good. They just their, their parents could pay for it is what yeah. it was, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, my parents, it's like, you know, I was probably lower middle class, you know? Yeah. I wasn't too bad, but, um, too bad off, but my parents couldn't afford. So yeah, I got accepted to uh, Seattle Art Institute and, uh, that's where my friends were going and I really wanted to go. And, uh, yeah, my parents were like, dude, we, we can't do it. We, yeah. <laughs> we can't, we, we don't qualify for loans and, and we, we couldn't even afford them if we did. And, and uh, it's not happening. And uh, I was like, shit, well, you know, I was busy smoking weed and being a freaking brat and, yeah. you know, and, and girls. And I was just like, whatever. And uh, my buddy was working at um, at uh, Tap Auto Parts Recycling out in Rancho Cordova. Okay. And so uh, he got me a job out there. And um, so, boom, you know, I mean, I've always worked full time my whole life, but even up to that point, when I was in, when I was in high school, I was working freaking like 30, 40 hours a week. I was yeah. working like crazy all the time. And, uh, so I just went right into working full-time mode cause that's what I knew. 
And uh, I was working, I was working, I was working more than full time at the job. I was working like uh, 10 hour days, six days a week type of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I got hired into the shipping and receiving yard. And, uh, and um, over time, because um, that job, that job would hire a lot of like um, people that were unreliable. Yeah. You know, and um, those managers that they hired out would just not show up. You know, and um, yeah, we deal with wrecking yards a lot and it's all shitheads. It's all shitheads. But, yeah. you know, I tell you what, though, I mean, a lot of them are, are, are ex or uh, people right out of prison. Yeah. And a lot to of figure them, it out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them, um, like the place I work, they're smoking crack in the bathroom and stuff like that. Yeah. But they were all great people, dude. Yeah. Like people that I got along with real well. People Just not good employees. Not good employees, man. Yeah. But um, I've worked with a lot of state agencies and stuff like that. And okay. a lot of um whatever, I don't know, maybe white collar environments. Yeah. And those people are better than, than, than the other people I've worked with. Honest people. Yeah. Even though it's. They're honest, straightforward. Yeah. There you go. And, uh, I loved it, man. I got along with them really well, but, um, anyway, so I'm at, I'm at the, uh, Toyota purchase cycling shipping yard. And I think this is like the third manager that they hired didn't show up and I'm there every day. Yeah. And, and, uh, the other people I'm working with aren't showing up. And, uh, so one day he comes out and he's like, all right, man. He's like, you want to be the manager of the, of the shipping, of the shipping yard? I'm like, yeah, dude. And so they, they promoted, they promoted me to, to manager, man. And, um, and, uh, so I did that for about three years and I was making, I was making bank, dude, like that job. I was, I was earning like six figures, dude. Oh shit. Okay. I was earning six figures at the end of it. And, um, which is crazy now that I think of it because well, whatever, but, um, but the job was shit. It was working 10 hour days, like six days a week. And, um, it was just, it just wasn't a, a good job, man. Really? Yeah. And, um, so I was, I was about to go out. It was like Friday and, um, I was going out and buying a, um, going to buy a new truck. Cause I had this money. I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy a new Chevy Silverado. I always wanted yeah, that. Silverado. Right. I was like, I always wanted that. What's up. And, uh, my buddy Chad was, was at the house and, um, or at the apartment and he's like dude you know what are you doing bro and i'm like i'm like i'm gonna go buy this truck i always wanted he's like if you do that you're gonna be stuck at that job yeah you will because you're gonna be paying on that truck you're gonna be buying more stuff and you're paying on that he's like he's like why don't you quit that job and start going to sac city with me and go to the graphic design program that i'm going through right now so chad was an art friend that you would hang out with chad was a friend from high school that wasn't even necessarily he wasn't artistic. It wasn't okay. in the art field, but somehow he got, he got in his mind that he wanted to be a graphic designer. And, and the thing about graphic design is most of them aren't artistic individuals, man. Okay. And, um, but once you go through the field, you don't need artistic skills, Yeah. but you need, um, artistic mindset, recognizing, um, you know, uh, com composition and color and things like that, which he was really good at. But, um, so no, he was just a, he was a college, a high school friend of mine and he was kicking out the apartment. We're smoking weed. And he was just like, dude, if you do that, you're going to be stuck. Come with me in Sac city, start going to the design program. And, uh, I was like, dude, you're right, man. And I quit the job on Monday. Fuck. And, uh, and I started going to school right away, man. I bought a, I bought a, at that point it was just a, like a Mac. Um, it wasn't a laptop. It was just like a desktop. And, uh, dude enrolled in college man and started going and luckily i had i had saved up all that money because i was just working all the time and didn't have time to spend it yeah 
And uh, I lived off that money for a couple months. And then, um, how much is school? Uh, Saxony was pretty cheap. Um, when, especially like back in the day, it was cheap. What's cheap? Give me a number, oh, estimated sure. number. Not much at all. I don't remember, okay. but, um, not much at all. Um, it was until Sac State, that's when you start having to spend money. But, um, you know, I had an apartment, I was in an apartment with a roommate of mine. So I had expenses, but you know, nothing crazy. Yeah. I didn't even, I don't even think I had a car, had a car payment, just, you know, the, the basic minimum. So I was able to live off that money for a while and concentrate on just going to school. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I was, I was a knucklehead, man. So like when you start going to Sac City college or we start going anywhere with, with your, with the goal being getting a four year degree. Yeah. And if you're like myself or someone that doesn't come into it with college, with the college, um, credits from high school, Mm -hmm. then you're starting at the bottom. Right. And so like, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't smart in math. I wasn't smart in English. I wasn't smart on any of this. I was smart in in doing art. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, and all that. So I had to start at the bottom, man. It was, it was difficult, man. For, for someone like, you know, someone that doesn't like school, that's yeah. someone that, that was not school minded. I had to start concentrating on, on learning math and taking English class and geography and American history and, and all these classes, dude. So it, it took me a long time, man. It took me like, I think it took me four years to actually get to uh Sac State, man. What does it normally take? Probably two. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like something I would do too. <laughs> dude, but I had a rule though. And it's like, you have to, you have to, I mean, in life in general, in general, man, you have to take it easy on yourself. Yeah. And, um, it's hard to remember that sometimes too. Yeah. yeah. But if there was a shitty teacher that I was like, this class is not working for me. Yeah. I drop out. I'm like, I don't care. I, well, you can't drop out cause you don't want to get an F, but I would, um, I do whatever it's called where you exit class and you're fine. Okay. And, um, and so it's like, sometimes I'll just be taking, I mean, I was working. So after the job that I ended up getting next was, um, I ended up being a manager at uh, the frame room up in Folsom of Aaron brothers. Okay. And so, um, I was working full time while I was going through Sac city. Yeah. And, but the, the frame room was, was excellent because what that was, was teaching me to eye to detail and was teaching me craft and was teaching me all this great stuff. And at that time we were cutting all the mats ourselves. Okay. I think now if you go there, they send them to another state and a computer cuts them and send them back. But when I was there, it was all like, I was sewing up like jerseys with like patches and stuff. I was doing all that by hand. Yeah, that's tight. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was, it was a good job. And so, um, you know, I, uh, I was working full time there and I, and I was going to Sac City. And then um, eventually I got transferred to Sac State and uh, got into the design program. And the design program is a cohort. And that, that means is you're stuck with the same the same kids for the for the whole time you're there. Okay. And um and so like the first year you have to take some some pre-design classes. So it takes you three years to get through the program no matter what, because the first year you're taking pre-graphic design classes that allow you to get into the design program. And then at that point there was like it was very competitive. I don't know how competitive now, but you had to submit a portfolio and it was jam-packed with competition, but I, I got in. Um, and, uh, that started the cohort. And so you're in there with like 20 kids and they pick your classes for the next two years and then you get through and you graduate, man, with the port. And so, um, eventually what I did was I got a um, student assistant position with a, a state agency doing graphic design. That was okay. my next job. And then I learned about the whole um, process in the state 
being a graphic designer, how does it work, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Met some really cool people. Some, um, some people, my manager, then uh, I'm still friends with Ev Mendez and, um, and people like that, just some really cool people. And, uh, eventually I, I got to where I am now, man, the state agency that I'm at now, which is, you know, it was supposed to be the, the best of the best. If you want to be a graphic designer for the state. Dan, you're like the Navy SEAL of graphic designers, and that's what you're saying. I was aiming for that for a Damn. long time, but uh, it ended, up, ended up not happening, though. So let's, uh, that's your schooling up to the job. How's your personal life going on? How's your personal life outside of school after work? Dude, so, uh, so eventually I ended up getting married, I think it was like 2008. Okay. And, uh, and everything, but, um, and that went well for a while, but, um, Man, I don't even know how to get into this part, but um, we can skip it if you want. No, nah, I mean, I just I'll just go right into the drama. Go for it. <laughs> uh, but uh, so she went out on she got hurt at work and she went out on disability. Yeah. Which I was cool with. Then I was like totally supportive of her and like totally just going taking her to her doctor's appointments and all that. And uh, I was just in love and I was just in love and I was like, you know, um. I want to, this is my wife. Yeah. I want to support her. Yeah, hell yeah. Cause that's, that's what, what you're you supposed do. to do. Yeah. Right. So it's all good. And so, um, I was given 110% to my job. So my, my life was basically my job, man. It was like, I was, I was trying way too hard Yeah. and I wanted to be the best of the best that I could be. And, um, I was given the job 110%, man. And you can only do that for so long. Yeah. It burns out everything else. Yeah. And, um, yeah. so I, I did that for probably about, um, 10 years, man. Okay. Where I was just really trying my hardest and, um, and, uh, I was 110% and I was just trying to, trying to prove myself and I was trying to pr prove myself to everyone. And, and, uh, I, I got published and everything. I got published in how design magazine and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, I did pretty well. Um, but eventually man, um, things changed dude, and things changed for me. And so, um, I think that me giving it 110% at work, made uh me not be as not be there for my wife as much as i should have yeah it's probably probably my bad but then um on on the other hand it's like so what happened was work changed people got promoted some people left and um and the environment for me became um toxic yeah it, we'll call it toxic yeah it, it wasn't wasn't positive for me and um and they started kind of gunning for me. Um, but, um, you know, I still had some support there with, with some people, um, with, 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 um, some managers and stuff like that. And it just wasn't a positive, right environment for me. I yeah. think the environment was right for a lot of people, Yeah. but for me, it wasn't the right environment anymore. And, um, it started to show and, um, I started having um, massive panic attacks, dude, like massive anxiety all the time. Oh, and, um, and you know, as some, it's like, I've dealt with anxiety and panic attacks my whole life, man. But this yeah. was just, this was all encompassing all the time and I'm at work and I can't concentrate cause that's all that was going on because so the, the work environment came, went from being like a friendly um, environment where I was trying to prove my creativity to being a um, very hostile environment that I just was not welcome in anymore. Um, so while this was going on, um, so this, while that change was happening, me and my wife weren't getting along. And then she decided, we decided to, uh, to basically get a divorce. 
So basically when I needed support from her, she was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take off. Yeah. I'll, I'll see you later. She's already made her mind up. Yeah. So, um, so I was dealing with this hardcore thing out thing at work at the same, at the same time as, as my home life was completely de- deteriorating and, um, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on, man. Yeah. It was completely, it was so, I, I mean, it's hard to describe dude, how bad it was, but, um, this is as bad as it gets, dude. It was really bad. Um, see, that would have made me angry and sad all the time. Like I've, I've been that person too. And it's, you almost do that to survive, you know, you almost nut up like just to try to survive. I, I, I try about everything to survive, man, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, and so, I mean, one, one of the things that I haven't talked about, but, um, was so in order to cope with giving 110% of work, I was smoking weed at home, like uh-huh. nonstop dude. And, um, and I think, uh, when my work started going south, when my relationship started going south, I was like, dude, I need to, I need to clean my shit up. Yeah. And I quit smoking weed, man. And, um, and that was the best thing that ever happened to me. That was it, dude. Because I mean, some people are, are cool with smoking weed and some people getting like, uh, like smoke a little bit here and there, but like I had a problem with smoking weed, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't have that, like that turn off switch. I was like obsessed with smoking weed and it was a coping mechanism for me. And it helped me like give 110% at work because I'd be stoned and I'd be like, oh, okay. When I came home, I'd be stoned and like, be, be cool and can chill out. And, um, but all that was, was bad, man. So, so smoking as much weed and giving overextending myself in the job. And then, um, my deteriorating relationship world, yeah. world yeah. dude, it was, it led to, um, a real downward spiral, man, that, um, that was hard to get through, but, yeah. but what that did. All right. So here's the turnaround. All right. Here's the, the positive, the positive turnaround. But what that did was open up a whole different world for me, man. I, that I didn't even realize it was coming. And so, um, so it, it changed my life around, um, you know, um, that's when I started, you know, I've always been an illustrator. So it's like, I had, I was starting, like when I was working, I had a, um, an Instagram account that was a monsters and suits Instagram. That was pretty popping, man. I think I had like 3000 followers at one time. Yeah. And, um, it was straight straight up illustrations. That's all I was doing. And, um, I was just doing these illustrations stoned in my office and I just put them in my, I'd take a picture of them throw them on Instagram and I wouldn't even correct it or color correct it or nothing. Yeah. And then I would just take the illustration and throw it up my desk drawer and close the drawer and never think I was ever going to show anyone. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's just, that's just my life. That's just how it is. So after the divorce, after my work changed, um, and, and I will say this, I'm still at the same job now, but things are drastically different because your life outside of work is different. Yeah. You've learned to fight. Yeah. I've learned learn to let things go that aren't that you don't need to fight over yeah is what i've learned i've learned i've learned to let other people do a lot of work yeah (laughs) you know it's like i don't have to be the only one that's just doing stuff all the time i don't have to be the one that's trying to prove myself all the time i can just do my job and then go home and and uh, find my creative outlet another way so there's one thing i wanted you to talk about specifically just because of the relationship that place has with this place. You know, we are Sacramento on the loft and all of us have benefited a lot from OPB down the street. You mind if I narrate the story or you want to narrate it? 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Man. About, uh, I remember you told me that you and your ex-wife are kind of having like one of the last conversations you're going to have. And it's just kind of just like writings on the wall. Right. And like, uh, I think you told me Kevin walks by or Kevin walks in into Oak Park, yep. you know, OPB. And you guys were talking and he was telling you about this really awesome place where he's creating art at now. It's this creative place and it's, it's, it's a great place. And so I think that sparked your interest. And that was, I'm a, it, to me, it sounds like that's a godsend as one thing is ending, as two things are going really bad, another thing comes in. And it's like walk, literally walked in the door and talked to you. And like, that's the part that I was just like, okay, this is fire. Because I know what it's like to be all the way down with nothing or to feel like you got nothing. And then I also know what it's like to get so mad or to get so obsessed with like not being that way anymore. You make the decision to get out of that by any means necessary, right? That's, That's it. That's correct. Yeah. And so once that happens, you have choices. You can go back to just being the weed smoking guy, does eight hours of work, and you could just be like a robotic version of yourself. Or you can take the hard path and work these things out through some type of creative outlet. Reinvent yourself. Reinvent yourself. Dang, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens when you take yourself, when you enter the creative environment that Kevin is a part of? Dude, so... So I, I knew Kevin from um, Sac State. He was in the design program. Okay. He was in the opposite cohort. So I was there like Mondays, Wednesdays. He was there Tuesday, Thursdays. But we interacted and we knew each other and we were like always going to like, yeah, let's hang out. And I was like, yeah, let's hang out. And then I'd go home, smoke weed and not hang out. Yeah. And um, so when I when I was at OPB with my ex and I see him walking by with his friend, I was like, what? That's Kevin. What's yeah. Going on? And I was like, Kevin, what's going on, brother? And so, yeah, he told me about the art institute or the art studio Sacramento, which is uh, 17th and I. It's right behind uh, Bambi Vegan Tacos. Okay. It's like Bambi Vegan Tacos and the Iron Monkey Tattoo. There's a little alleyway in between. Yeah. You go down the alleyway and there's the there's the studio back there. And um, and so I'm talking to him I'm like, dude, what are you up to, bro? And he's like, he was like, dude, I'm. I'm painting here and um, I'm a resident artist there. And uh, why don't you come check it out? Yeah. And um, when I look back now, man, that that was a saving. That was a godsend mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure, man. That, that changed my whole entire life. It gave you the resources to yeah. work everything out. Dude, at that point, man, at that point, I didn't have, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any friends. My job was just shit. My, my wife was taken off. I didn't have nothing. Not yeah. one thing, man. I just had a depressing environment, and um, that opened up everything to- for me, man. So, um, so I started I started visiting Kevin there quite a bit, and um, I show up there and start painting with him. Right? Okay, we'd have some beers and we just paint. And um, before that, man, I wasn't a painter; I was an illustrator. And uh, my illustrations was like was um, was like I felt really comfortable with my illustrations. Okay. I did not feel comfortable with, with painting. I like this detailed illustration style I was doing. And, uh, and so it, it took me, so I started painting there with Kevin. I've done some painting in the past, so it wasn't completely foreign, but it was just kind of new. And uh, especially Kevin does, does his own thing, which is not my style. I mean, his style is great, which is doing, um, 
does oil paints of like uh, cars and buildings. Yeah, and stuff Kevin like that. is tight, full. Yeah, he's Kevin super, is hella yeah, tight. Yeah, dude, super tight. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, I like doing like imagination, like imaginary, like figures and like you know, yeah. different stuff, right? I guess that's how you explain it. But like, I like to do different, different stuff, and um, and so, uh, but I started painting with them all the time, and um, and through him, I started meeting other people there at, at the art studios. Other artists, and, um, other artists like okay. my buddy Terry, and um, and and very and very creative people okay and it reminded me of being back in the high school um art studio environment which is a very comfortable environment yeah you know i'm like dude i haven't felt this in years let me let me say something too that was a point in your life where you're thriving yeah high school was so you almost got to revisit that through art true man and um you know i'm I'm getting at this super low super low place in my life man the, the lowest that I've ever been. Um, all of a sudden, I'm getting some sparks of yeah, fuck yeah, stuff in my life. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. And um, so then, the 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 next piece of luck happened. And when I look back, I'm like, this is insane that happened. But a um, a spot in the studio opened up when the when the when the artist left. Okay. And uh, so I got to talk to uh, the manager of that room and and. Uh, she uh, let she let me in, so that means I became a resident artist. So now you had a home. Yeah, home, dude. Yeah. So that means I could show up whenever I wanted. I had keys to the building, and um, so then then dude, instead of being at my house depressed, I would just be like, dude, I'm going to the art studio. Bro. Yeah. And um, that's what I started doing. I started spending a lot of time there, and um, I was I was really kind of because I didn't know who I was as a painter. And I didn't know anything. I knew who I was as an illustrator. I was really confident in that. Yeah. But um, so I was doing a lot of experimenting with 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 um, with painting. I mean, I was trying to find my way. And so, in the next you know three four years, or how long I've been there now, um, it's been a real journey from where I started to where I am now, which is finding my own way and doing my own thing. But um, there's you know it's like I've done a crap load of paintings during that time. And it was a quite a like journey learning about myself yeah. and, and learning about like what I don't, I don't know it's it's what I need to throw on the canvas and who I am as an artist and um, I knew who I was as an illustrator and um, so so since then I got I've gotten multiple friends into the art studio because artists are leave and and um, there's 16 artists in the art studio and um, half of them are like 70 years old, 70 plus. Yeah. And, um, I'm bringing in, Kevin brought me in. I brought in, um, Chris Jonas, Donut Man Art mm. and Michelle Dahl. Oh yeah. Michelle's a homie. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle's been on. Yeah. And I brought on a uh, Veronica dude. And, um, and so, uh, Veronica is a good, a good friend of mine. And she was there for me when I was going through the divorce and stuff. And, and so she said to me one time, she's like, it's like, you know, your, your paintings are good, dude. Like, like um, I think I was just getting done with like the the Saint series I did, right? Which yeah, was, uh, which was tight. David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. The other stuff, yeah. But, but they're not me. They don't have style. They're, they're like they're like okay, it's cool. It's it's like yeah. Our rock star is a saint. You're like okay, that's pretty generic though. Yeah. And um, and she's like, dude, your illustrations were you, like they they had soul. A style yeah. soul that was you that was on those illustrations. She's like, your paintings don't do that. And I was like. Oh, shit. Wait, wait. Complete honesty. All right. She's not going to get upset. Did you get mad when she told you that? Or did no, you get I like. Got happy. I got happy. Okay. That's what I. Okay. I 100% got happy. Yeah. Man. 
She was right. She was right. Yeah. I knew it wrong. She said it. Yeah. I was like, dude, you were right, man. I was like, what am I doing? And, uh, and so, um, so then I started, I started really like doing more illustrations and throwing my own illustrations into the mix. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And so, so when, when people talk about my art, I'm like, yeah, but this is what you need to look at. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I mean, that was, that was kind of my, my, like a lame stuff getting, getting to where I am now, but like. Like these these pieces, this series is what you need to look at because that's that's definitely me. See, and it's it's there's art that people can easily relate to, and for human beings, like the repetitive comfort is like it's comforting, right? And so, like those are things you emotionally connect to easily. But some of us really value new ideas, really value like or the challenge of a new idea. So when you see something like the one you just gave me recently, I looked at it and I was like, this is tight. Wh- like, what does he expect me to do on this? Like, I have no, think, I, but that's the thing. I'm just like, all right. Some things I know automatically what it needs. Other things I'm like, let me just let this marinate because something will pop up. Like I've learned that the creative experience or the creative process, that's the whole shit. The canvas part, the cell part, that's awesome too. But but the journey in, in between, you know, from pen to canvas you brought that up yeah so like there's a there's a point to where you come to as an artist where you're just like yeah i can paint that and if you give me money i and i need the money i will paint that but this is what excites me and when you get to the point to where you figure out what excites you you almost control your own your excitement in life bro you know what i'm saying and that's that's a new thing for me but i learned that through you because i've seen the bookshelf with uh with all the potions on it you know and like yeah, and it's yeah. really detailed it's good and then i seen the other paintings with the david bowie and the bambi and i was like yo these are really good and i've seen the other paintings you just did recently and i was like that looks like you yeah that looks like you now and it challenges me so i'm just like this is fucking tight thank you man uh, you know thank you i um but like what you said about the creative process man is it's uh is I mean that's what it's about for me, dude. Yeah. Is, is enjoying the process and yeah. the stuff I'm doing now, and and so before I, I spoke about like doing these illustrations and this putting them in a drawer. So I was doing them for the joy of creating, not yeah. for an end result. Yeah. Not to show them off, and that's what art's about. I mean, to me, and that's what art should be about in general. If you're doing art for a to, in re, being end result oriented, yeah, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing art because you enjoy creating it, yeah, then you're doing it for the right reason. And um, this, these, what I'm doing now is I'm really enjoying creating it, and that's how I know I'm on the right path. Yeah, because I'm having so much fun, and it's like I don't even care. I, I put it in the closet and not show anyone because I like doing it. Yeah, and that's the point, man. It's like you like doing it. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I. So my, my buddy Chris Donut Man Art, right? yeah, yeah, Donut Man underscore Art is the. Um, so, so I met him at Aaron Brothers, uh, like um, it was two thousand. Okay. And um, and he's he's an artist, dude. True, true. He has he um, he also went to Sac State sometime. I did. He got a degree in fine art, and um, so it's like he's a fine artist. True, true. He was going to be a professional painter. Is what he wanted to do. Fancy painter. 
Yeah. That's yeah. fancy. But now he's like a pharmacy tech and you know, <laughs> on the side. But, um, but I got him to the art studio. So, so now he's part of that with me. So, so we're bros. But um, we used to, I used to go over his house all the time and it was a comfort zone for him, man. Cause he was just his whole, his whole student, he had a, like a, uh, above his parents' garage, a studio apartment kind of thing. Oh, that's dope, yeah. And the whole thing was was full of paintings, like like lining the roof, all the walls, everything was just huge paintings. He, yeah. He paints on, he mixes his own canvases. Oh, and that's like cool. Six foot by five foot canvases. Oh, yeah, that's the big huge, stuff, right? yeah. And uh, and his whole, everything was covered, dude, and, and that. So um, so I'd go over there, and um, he'd have a, he'd have a, um, you know, a canvas out, and we'd put on music, we'd be drinking um, whiskey, and um, like wild turkey, because back in the day was wild turkey was trash, and now they try and make it, you know, high class. Fancy, it's, yeah. It's not, it's not. But um, we used to time it, man. It'd be like fifteen minutes, and it's like I'd work on one corner, he'd work on one corner, and and every fifteen minutes we'd rotate the canvas. Oh shit! And then we, what we'd end up doing would would be be painting over, not over, but adding to um, each other's stuff. Yeah. And we'd make a whole big collaboration piece. Yeah. With no intent, with no intent to ever show it off. We never show anyone. Yeah. We did it because of the fun and the joy of doing it. Yeah. And that's what art's about, man. It is, and there's no more productive way to pass to to work through stress. I did hundreds of hours of counseling, hundreds yeah. of hours, and it was like, yeah, me too. It was like some of it would really suck, right? Because you got to reopen up these these wounds, and so like. You find out, though, that at the end of all of that, you're grateful because the wound can turn into a scar, right? It's healed. You're on the other side of it. And it's like you learn like shit. You can do this with almost anything if you're willing to put the work into it. If you're willing to go through a little bit of pain or some time, whatever the case may be. And so like art being the thing that we go to to process, you know, stress in life. I don't really see there being a no, an, a, an equally important or productive Thing to plug into one of the things i like to say is so graphic design is, is communicating a message that's what graphic okay. design is right i like to say art is communicating an emotion hey i'm gonna say i said that that's <laughs> tight right so i mean that's what it is so like and the pieces in the, in the new pieces i do now they all have a theme dude and it's like yeah. you might not know it. it's like no that's my divorce piece right? yeah 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 and well, i remember you dropping little hints like that and i was like I don't have time to sit here and look at this, but that's tight. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh, that's, that's my piece on dating. Yeah. That's my piece on this. And it's like, you look at something, you look at art, man, and it's like, you know, I mean, everything, it's, it's, if the colors you use or um, or the shapes that you use in the art, they all communicate emotion, man. Yeah, they do. If you, use, if you have a dark piece with like sharp, sharp angles coming at you. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's making you feel uncomfortable. It's daunting, yeah. 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 Or, or you're doing a... Um, you know, you're doing a figure drawing and how the person's pose and how the f- person's face is. It's like, dude, it's, it's all communicating. Emotion. The body language. Yeah. Tells yeah. the story. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's what I'm saying is like, as artists, we, you know, life is supposed to be your inspiration. Yeah. So whatever you're going through, you should be painting. If not, you might not be the best artist you can be yet. See, and I wasn't doing that before, man. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's what I'm doing now. And, and that's each part of the journey, dude, is, and, and that's hanging out with other artists and hanging out with, um, with our friends that we have in common yeah. and hanging out with artists, friends that I know and seeing how they do it. And you learn from each other. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's how you're. Yeah. Okay. And this, this is, this is how you're pushing the boundaries on yeah. this, this side over here. 
man, I've been pushing the boundaries over here, but you're right. I need to push yeah. the boundaries there. I can have more of this. Yeah. If I just take a second, hear your process, appreciate your process and then implement it. Exactly. Yeah. Man. And you'll implement it completely different. That's, yes. Yes, you will. Or you're supposed to at least. <laughs> you're supposed if to. not, you're just stealing people's shit, but whatever. <laughs> it happens, man. Yeah. There's no new idea, right? No, there's not. You know? Did you see that book that I posted called Learn How to Steal Like an Artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you read that? No, I haven't. So it said something that was wild. And I, I, I took a screenshot of it. Yeah, I was, first I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Learn how to steal like an artist. Like, what the hell does this even mean? So I started listening to it. And one thing that stood out to me was the author was talking about, you should start out by copying people's stuff line for line, color for color, only to eventually get tired of that and need to change line for line and color for color. So you, you, you copy to appreciate the process. And then when you finally get to enough copies and understanding the process, you should recreate or add to it in your own way. There's all these dope little quotes too that talk about like you steal from one person. It's, uh, it's plagiarism. But if you steal from an entire scene, you're like, uh, what did it say? You're like an innovator or whatever. But so if you steal from everyone, I was like, dude, this is like, this is fucking tight. Like, a little bit from everyone. Yeah. Man. I was like, this is fucking tight. Like, and I do that in color, right? Like I see stuff online from like other fine artists, other graffiti artists. And I'm just like, that's tight the way they did it. But naturally, like I, I don't know how to copy. I can't copy, but I can take it and redo it my own way. Yeah, yeah. And even if it's just as much as like those colors, one, you know, those colors are tight. But like, if I added a, you know, a lighter color or a dark color or a line through it, whatever, it's just all about like exploring new territory. Right. And like it should you I find out that like as I'm doing it, if I'm worried about how it looks like, fuck, does it even look right? Like that's exciting. Come in the next day and you're like, oh, shit, that actually does look right. Who did that? Oh, I did that. Like or dude, don't be afraid of completely redoing it. That Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I just did that yesterday. I got to the shop and I was like, where's the tape at? Like, I'm going to just see if I can fuck this up. Dude. And you explore new territory, right? It's cool. I have one rule with any art that I produce is that I must like it if in my own house. Yeah, yeah. If if I can't hang it up in my own house and like it, yeah, then it's not it's not a successful piece, dude. And, and that's uh, how you've had that standard. I have this cool. one piece where it's like the background is all yellow, and I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't put that up, man. <laughs> so I redid it. And it's like now it's freaking phenomenal. Yeah, what it started with, you know. See, and even from a salesman perspective with the whole selling of art, if you don't like it, that's going to come through when you try to push that, you know, yeah, to somebody. Yeah. But if you like it, that energy, it's infectious, right? The other people be like, really? Is that so? Like, you know, you get to sell these little points of it, you know, and it's like, you just really have to be honest about it or else why the fuck do it? True, man. I agree, man. I, uh, although I don't know, I, I'm, and I've tried to do like, um, like real, my, my buddy Terry calls it safe art. It's like, um, like beach landscapes and stuff. Oh yeah. I've yeah. Tried doing that. And, um, I've tried to, I've like, my buddy Kevin was selling a lot of car paintings. I was like, dude, I'm going to do a car painting. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried doing it and I'm like, no, I don't like it. I don't enjoy the process. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do it, man. I don't. It's like, that's what it's all about. Although I'm working on one piece right now and I can't really say I really like it. But um, I'm going to finish it. You'll learn something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I showed you a picture of it. I was like, the, the colors. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. The colors kind of looking like pastel. Kind of no, weird. keep that. That's tight, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. If, if, if you get to the end of it and you don't like it, just give it this way. I'll, <laughs> and I still have that Charlie Brown one for you, too. I just haven't given oh, yeah, it to brother. you. Um, so let's get let's get back to the story real quick. Um, not real quick, but just yeah, yeah, what yeah. happens as you're here with these people. Okay, I know what happens. Sorry like the art actually starts to save your life, right? 100%. What happens at work? Do you have a better attitude after spending a night at the studio? Yeah. Or do you come in and you're same doom and gloom? Like what happens personally because of you plugging into the energy at the art studio? I started being more relaxed at work. Okay. And, um, instead of trying to prove myself Yeah. and, um, being too aggressive about that. Um, because like when you're trying to prove yourself, man, you try and do, accomplish something yeah well not everyone's trying to do that people yeah. are just trying to get through their day and you make a lot of enemies that way i made a lot of enemies 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 at my at my job man and um and uh like 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 i think you said the other day to me and like people were like dude you know you're such a positive dude man yeah you're very positive i am now yeah but when i was smoking weed every day yeah and when i was when i was uh trying too hard at my job man I was a really angry motherfucker, dude. Yeah. And um, I was really unhappy, dude, in every single aspect of my life. And um, I had to let all that go, dude. I had to, let, I had to quit smoking weed, man. It wasn't good for my, my mentality, my mental state, man. It wasn't good for my life. And um, if I hadn't quit smoking weed, dude, it's like I wouldn't – I wouldn't. part of the joy of, of art for me now is, yeah, we're talking about the process of creating art. But part of the joy of art for me now is being in the art community. Yeah. The people have the people. energy. Dude, I yeah. freaking love it, man. I love talking to fellow artists about art. It's, it's, I just, dude, I, I fucking love it, man. So let me, let me just step in because that's where I learned that from you and Kevin. I didn't know that before. I knew it from my, my group in the streets. We did our thing. It's always the same thing. You knew what to expect from everybody. Everybody had dope energy. Everybody's down, right? But like coming into a new space, uh, the first show that I ever did that was inside of a building, the first like art show, I totally felt like I didn't belong there because I didn't, everybody's a painter, a photographer. They have these big pieces. I tried to put something together in like a week and I did it my own way. And like even just uh, that was with, with the frames and everything. Remember? Dude, that's yeah. how I met you, bro. Yeah. And so like. And I, I was blown away. Yeah. I remember, I remember I was like, what the, dude, you, yeah. need, these, no, you need these frames. And they were like painted like a lowrider car, these yeah. frames. They had a, dude, explain the, the paint process on these frames. Cause they're so badass. I still have it. My, I mean, I have it in my yeah. house, dude, on my wall. So I took, the assignment was Hot August Days and Danilo had put this on at his space called Third Eye Gallery. And it was, uh, what it was, was it was to basically do our own version of Hot August Nights because that was already going on. And so he he saw me at another event with Artners. That was like my first ever like public art thing I ever did. Artners. Yeah, with Artners. And then uh, he's walking by, he's got this dope ass San Francisco hat on. It's like camouflage with like a gold emblem. And I was like, yo, that's a fire hat. And the dude had like a hip hop look. Yeah, he does. And so I was like, yo, what's up? And he's just like, what's up? And that was a hip hop walk. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, what's your name? I was like, my name's Gabriel Lopez. And he's like, oh, you're the graffiti writer. Because I purposely put my name on the flyer as Gabriel Lopez, a graffiti writer. Sweet, Because I didn't want to be, you know, I'm not an artist like that yet. So yeah. anyways, 
Want to know those graffiti writers? Yeah, they had that in common. And that's what I was just like. That makes sense when I seen his art. Like that's tight. And so like a little bit later, he invites me to be in that show, and I'm just like. Dito doesn't know I, I don't know how to like draw cars or I don't know how to do this and that. Like, so I'm just like, I'm not going to tell this dude no or pass up an opportunity. So what can I do? I'm like, all right, let me clear coat this truck. I'll figure it out. Take the headphones off. And I just start thinking about breaking down the assignment. The assignment was like lowrider art or whatever. And I was like, well, what's a lowrider? It's always an American built car, right? It's always an American built car. So let's come from Detroit. So that's even before lowriders, all just American built cars came from Detroit. So like, let's start there, right? The highlight or the, for immigrants, one of the, one of the, um, man, one of the symbols that you've made it or that you've become successful is you buy your first car. So my family was a migrant family pre great grandma was, and, um, they came over follow the crops everywhere they went. And so like they rode with people, but like when they finally got a car, it was like, it's the beginning of the American dream. They can touch it now. And so like, I had already knew that just from exploring, you know, with my own family. And I was like, all right, the subject's going to be people and American built cars that eventually turn into low riders. So I was able to trace my lineage back to like my great grandmother. Yeah. And so like, even there, then it came to my grandparents and then my mom and then my cousins and like, I was okay. Now, how do I put the wow factor into it? It's first it's pictures with the family in front of American built cars. How do I put a wow factor that makes sense to the, to the show? I know paint. So I started just picking like some of the most unique things I liked in paint, custom colors, the effects like pearl candy flake. And so I just started dropping like, you know, based everything silver started dropping candies on things. Okay. Those are cool. Put them off to the side, pull the flake out start flaking things, then putting color on top of that. And it was just like, it was like 14 hours of just plugged into these like probably 15 frames. And it was like, spray this, move that, spray this, move that. Like I was just moving through it. And I was like, yo, that time went by so fast. You know, like I'm going through playlist after playlist and I'm just like, art is fucking tight. Like this is cool. And that was kind of like the beginning of the deep dive for me versus just painting something for people to see it. How do I pull out of what I have and put it into a painting? And so like, I was super nervous about that too. Like no one's going to understand what I'm doing because I'm like a scatterbrain dude or whatever. <laughs> and so when I got to the show, I put that stuff up and I think I even had a, dis, uh, a description of it on a Chevy grill and like, oh, yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. So like, and my handwriting was shit. So I was like, D can you please rewrite this whole description? Cause like, my handwriting shit. And he's like, yeah, I got you. No big deal. And I was like, all right. So the day of the show, I was terrified because I'd never been in an art show before. Like, but I seen how everybody was there, how everybody's interacting. And I'm just like, let me step away from my stuff and just see people's honest reaction to it without the artist. Like are artists supposed to just stand by their work or like, I don't know what to do. Right. So I'm just there in DC's I'm tripping. And so he's like, let me introduce you to people. Starts introducing me to people. And like, you know, the charm kind of kicks in and I just start talking. And then when I seen you two, you and Kevin standing there for longer than everybody else was, I was like, I'm not going to go talk to him. I'm not going to say nothing. As I'm walking to you, I'm telling myself that. And I get there and I'm just like, you, you guys aren't facing me, but I'm just like, I look left, look right. Like, do I say, what do I say? And I'm like, what's up? You guys like it? And you're just like, yeah, did you do this? And I was like, yeah. Talking to you though, in him, I was like, 
oh shit, like people from a whole different walk of life can engage with what I'm doing. Like, this is wild to me. And like right then and there, I was like, art shows have an energy to them because of the people in them, which means art is supposed to have that energy. And so like, that's when we met, right? And you were like, did you do these, this and that? And I was like, yeah, we think. I'm like, what's your your Venmo? Yeah, yeah, what's your Venmo and this and that? (laughs) And I was just like, uh, there's supposed to be this much money. I don't know. I have no idea, right? But anyways, that was infectious to me, meeting you guys, seeing that, and then seeing the other artists, even talking to people who are way higher skilled, way more established, and they gave me the time of day, right? And like, I've learned to read body language just from being on the street and stuff. So like, you could tell when somebody's kind of bullshitting you and like these people, everybody was engaged. Right. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, let's try some more of this next time it comes up, you know, like. So I definitely agree with you. And that's, that's probably my second favorite thing in art is like each individual person has their own little well of energy that you can tap into also. Yeah, true. And so it's been dope. You know, um, Danilo does a really good job and and Raul too, man. Um, and, um, of, of gathering, um, quality individual, man, artists. And, um, most of them, um, are very, do not have an ego. Yeah. And they're very down to earth. And, um, even ones that should have egos. Yeah. You're like, dude, you're, you're very cool. You're yeah, very yeah. down to earth, man. Like, like what you're saying, like these, these artists are super talented and you're like, dude, you should be a uh, kind of an asshole yeah. because you're so good. Yeah. And, um, Danilo, I mean, his, the, the artist that, that he gathered that, that, um, cause he did the same thing to me. Um, so Kevin, I think Kevin met him because Kevin did this uh, open. Kevin painted a whole bunch of boxcars. Yeah, yeah. Boxcars, and then um, he did open graffiti. Um, a call to, to graffiti artists to come in and tag up all these boxcars. Yeah, sh- it was a train show. Okay. And um, so like Danello came in uh, detail, and and all these different people came in, like the whole the whole um, graph community came in. Yeah. And um, I can't. I wish I could remember all the names, but. And they tagged up all these boxcars, man. Hella, hella badass. Yeah. And um, and so then Danello asked Kevin to be in one who I think was Lowrider show. Yeah. And then um, I got in there and um, and I met Danello and then Raul goes, hey, dude, we have a show coming up next, man. I was like, he's like, I saw your Instagram account. He's like, why, why aren't you in the show? Yeah. Come in. I was like, dude, I'll do it, bro. Yeah, hell yeah. And so it slowly built over time, man. And and um. And what I found by going there and being around these people was just like, dude, these are all rad down to earth individuals, man, that are super, super friendly and very knowledgeable about art. Yeah. And we'll just talk to you about art forever, man. I love it. And um, when I saw your frames, dude, I was blown away. I think for like like the next month. I was showing everyone a photo of that frame that I bought from. Yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, you see this frame? I was like, I was like, dude, just like a low rider car. Cause I bought this, it was lime green with flake on it. Yeah. And it was like candy coated right yeah, yeah. on top of it. Yeah. It was so shiny. Yeah. And it had this beautiful flake in it. Dude, it was sweet. I still have it now. So I have this, uh, my, uh, I have this sweet ass photo, um, in, in the frame. And, um, my, oh, my, so my great uncle, he had a cerebral palsy. Okay. And, uh, he painted it with his foot. What? That's gangster. Dude, he was pretty famous in, in Berkeley for it. Man. What? Yeah, that's cool. Badass. But um, so I have a, on my Instagram account, there's a photo of him. 
And, um, but I have that photo of him in that frame. Oh, know. that's cool. Yeah. I was like, dude, you know what? I actually had some of them left over because I had forgot them for other shows and stuff. And like, after that happened, I actually just plugged into any and every show that I could. And it was like little pop-ups and like, I learned a lot then. And I didn't tell anybody I was planning on doing my own stuff. I just was like, I'm just going to learn. You know, I'm yeah, just plugging yeah. and learn. And so when it came time to do my own thing, I knew the response those things would get. And I put them out and these two Mexican ladies come in and like they buy the rest of them. There's like five or six of them and they just buy them all. I wish I did. And I was like, was, I came back so in. Badass, yeah. Man. And I came back in. I'm like, where'd all the frames go? My boy's like, oh, my sister and her friend just bought them all. I was like, what the fuck? Really? Like, they're sick. that's crazy. They're sick, brother. Yeah, it was and cool. I asked you, and then you did a frame for uh, for another piece that I... That yeah, I yeah, had. yeah. Yeah. It's like a fire engine red piece. See, and I didn't know that you appreciated frames because you had worked at a frame shop. That's Dude, wild. Anyone would appreciate those frames. Yeah, though. yeah. Those frames were sick. Yeah, maybe we'll do some more. You're getting me excited. Um, <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, man, I'll buy them, dude. They're so sick. let's uh, let's backtrack and get back to one of the reasons why I've been saving this episode is because we had talked a couple months back about possibly doing a show at your space yeah, yeah. called the Art Gallery. Can you, Art Studio Sacramento. Oh, my bad. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, you're good, brother. So first off, can you give me a history, give the audience a history lesson about that place? Why is it significant? It's one of the oldest art studios, oldest galleries in Sacramento, man. It's been around for like 40 years and, um, and a lot of like very talented, um, well-known artists have come through and okay. have been a part of that studio. And so um, I, I think that's why it's, it's, it's one of the oldest ones around, man. And um, they, they were around when Second Saturday first started in Sacramento. Do you remember when that was? I think it was very early 90s. Damn, that's wild, huh? Yeah. So the thing that struck me the most about that that space was, number one, it's like hidden away. Yeah, I just didn't know. So there's two buildings it's in the older part of Midtown where there's the Victorian homes, two-story homes, or, you know, the homes that look like Full House. Oops, yeah. I'm sorry. Like the, like the show Full House. Anyways, you walk in between these two buildings, and it's very nice. You know, it's pavement, and then you keep going, and there's, like, trees that almost create, like, an arch, like a natural arch. And you walk to this older building. You walk inside of it, and it's clearly an older like four car garage or something that's yeah. been outfitted. And I thought that was really dope because it's old warehouse. That, yeah. That's, that's Sacramento was built on those things. Yeah. Little sure. tiny hubs of commerce like that. And, and so that's a badass space because you have one, you have four rooms and um, like, you know, four artists basically in each room. No, that's, that's because we have 16 people, so it doesn't add up. But, um, or no, it does add Yeah, it adds up. Right. I didn't graduate. I don't know. You could tell me whatever, and I'll say, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, there's four rooms, and then there's a main gallery space, and we work out that main gallery space. And then we have, in that room, we have our stuff hung up there permanently. So each one of the artists um, gets a month out of the year, basically. Oh. Or, um, we, we kind of will team up, so, um, and, and we'll, we'll rotate. And so, um, you know, Kevin and someone else had one like a month or two ago. Yeah. And then, um, and then we're having one and, uh, July 9th. Yeah. We're having one, me, you and Donut Man Art. Yeah. And then, um, I'm part of another one with Terry and Veronica in October. And so all the artists rotate out on second Saturday and we're only open once a month on second Saturday. 
usually five to nine. Um, I think I'm going to have our show open from four to 10. Open to the public. Yeah. Open, okay. Open to the public. And so, um, and then we convert that, that big gallery space that we usually work in into an actual gallery. Yeah. And then that's when people come in and, um, it's a, it's a well-known, it's actually a, a well-known spot, man. We get a bunch of foot traffic and now that Bambi vegans tacos there. Um, so Bambi vegan tacos has this, uh, one of their servers is named Carlo Joaquin. Okay. And, um, and he's a badass artist too, dude. Oh really? Yeah. He's fire, dude. You got, you got to check him out. Um, and I don't think he's like his Instagram. You're like, um, it's good. But it's like the stuff that I've seen that's not on his Instagram. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's badass. Dude. Yeah. I mean, he's really good, dude. And, um, and, um, I've gone to his art shows too, but so he'll, and, um, and Liz is, is, uh, one of the uh, co-owners of, of, of Bambi tacos. They'll send people back there. Oh, so they're part of the community too. Yeah. Okay. So that's awesome. Put up flyers there and yeah. they'll promote us too. And then, um, but we have a lot of different avenues that we promote because we've been around for so long. So that's what I was going to ask. I seen, I went in there the one time you had some stuff up and, uh, we had left something else, me and the wife. And I was like, I got to run in here. And I think I was giving you the frame. I don't remember why, but anyways, there was, it looked like there was regulars in there, people who weren't artists, but that would come through. True. True, man. And, um, and because we have, you know, 16 diverse artists there, right. Yeah. Then the, um, audience that we come, that we get in is very diverse. Yeah. I mean, the age ranges, everything is diverse, dude. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's crazy, dude. So it's like, there's something for everyone usually. There is. And I thought it was cool that everyone in that space is unique, but also, you know, it's, it's a good vibe. You don't get like the whole artsy fartsy vibe from anybody, True. even though they're all different, even though we all vary in age, you know, I thought that was really cool about it. And that's why too, like when you talked about doing an art show, the first thing I said is, where is it going to be at? Who's it going to be with? Right. And you told me, and I was like, all right. Second thing is what's the money situation? Like, do we split with the gallery, this and that, figure that part out. Then I was like, I got excited. And I was like, dude, these people probably have never seen anything like I'm going to bring yep. and it's going to be tight. You know it. You know it. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that, have those conversations and some of the stuff too, like I can appreciate abstract art just for the fact that it's super risky, right? Like graffiti is the same way. Yeah, yeah. I can appreciate watercolors and faces and structured like design because letter forms are like that. So like, I didn't know that until I was confronted with these, other pieces up close and, and talking to the artist, just like shit. It's actually all the same, dude. It's and it's it is all the same, and it's it's crazy. There's art for everyone. Yeah. Like some art that I'll see that I'm like, I don't, I'm not really impressed by that. But you know, I'm not judging. I've learned yeah. not to judge any art because then after I'll, I'll like in my head I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Um, then like the next three people will come over and be like really obsessed by that piece. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I'll be like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. Just not for me. It doesn't mean that's not good. See, and there's some art that I don't understand either. That's That sounds like what you're talking about. I can appreciate the risk that it takes to be an artist outwardly, you know, to say you're an artist and for people to be like, the first thing they do is like, are you a good artist? Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I really like the vibe that's going on over there. And I also thought it was tight that you had told me that a lot of people don't move out of there. You know, it's not a revolving door space. Oh, man. Uh, so people are happy there. Yeah. I've, um, let's see. Um, I've gotten, so I've, I've 
gotten three people in, and that's because one guy had a health issue, oh, and no. so he had to get out because of health issue. And then another one was just because they had extra room, and they're like, "Why not? Why don't we have an extra person in here?" So only one person, well, two per two people, um, including the person that um, that I took their place have, have taken off in the last four years. So yes, yeah. it's very tight, and um, yeah, um, there's just it's just I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. I'm sure people will be taken off, and there'll be new people in. I'm excited to get new blood in, and um, get the get younger blood in, and um, get you know different audience in there. Well, you had said something. That's a weird sound. You had said something to me that made a lot of sense the first time I visited the space. You were like, "Yo." people younger people aren't stimulated so much by landscapes and other stuff any like traditionally painted stuff yeah, they're not true. stimulated by that anymore because like the culture's changed right and true. so like it kind of almost takes a lot to stimulate them now and that's where like the new energy comes in and i was as soon as you said that automatically i thought about the counterpart to that i was like i wonder if the new energy is upsetting to the artists that are there already or yeah. is it stimulating like what does that do for the yeah. environment it's yeah. upsetting to them yeah oh no well um I, I don't think that so i don't think the um i don't think a lot of the i'm not gonna maybe artists there or just the audience in general the older audience necessarily appreciates what some of us younger, I'm not that young, but myself and, and younger um, artists are doing like, um, because I'll throw up my art and, and sometimes like sometimes um, when we do art shows there, maybe it'll be all artists art show. So all okay. 16 artists will have stuff up there. So I'll have my stuff up next to someone that's doing um, very safe art. Okay. Know? Yeah. You know, or very, very mom and pop art, you know? Okay. And, um, that that I don't very much appreciate myself, but these older the older audience will come in, they'll walk right past my stuff without even looking at it. Yeah, and be drawn be, to this stuff. You'll be drawn to this um, bridge scene or yeah. this ducks in the river scene. Yeah, and they'll walk right because my stuff is just too conflicting. It's too. It's just. It's loud. It's loud, and it's yeah. just like, you know, they don't they don't like that. You know, so they, they want they want the safe art. They want the beach landscape scene. Yeah. And it's vice versa with us. If I walk in. No, yeah, yeah. no, it's changed for me, to be honest with you. I can't look at art without first finding something I like about it. But it's also a rule that I've had to implement. Every, like, every art I look I look at, even if it's good or bad, I usually get about like one inch away. Yeah. And then I start staring about yeah. how, they, how the brush strokes yeah. are and now I actually made it. So like, I can appreciate the traditional style doing art or safe art, whatever it is. But at the same time, I'll only appreciate it for a few seconds and then I'll keep going. But when it's something that's like fucking exciting, you get that same excitement every time you look at it. And that's what happens with the older crowd too, right? They get reminded maybe of where they've grown up or the way Sacramento might've been. Yeah. So it's actually really fucking cool to put these two different things together and just watch the human interaction. In it. You learn a lot. It's true, man, and and even like, um, so even some of the artists that I would, that I would say do safe art at the art studio, I'll talk to them and I'll learn a bunch. Yeah, I'll learn a bunch, and um, I'll learn about 
Like they still go to classes. Yeah. All the time. Dude, all of them go to classes continuously. They go to Plain Air Sacramento, which is um, a bunch of artists get together in random places in Sacramento and like, and uh, do water watercolor or paintings or drawings of certain buildings. That's tight. Yeah. It's Plain Air Sacramento, man. It's, I've, I've gone to that now because because of these people. Yeah. And um, and so and or they'll be like, dude, there's this uh, like, because all of a sudden this girl, this uh, lady, started doing watercolors and she started doing like like a black marker on top of it you know and yeah. I, was, I was like dude that's pretty tight that looks, yeah it looks pretty good she's like we well, have yeah, learning it from these youtube videos here i'll send it to you yeah i'm like dude so you're, you're always learning stuff yeah you are you know and um to be honest she sells way more stuff than anyone in the whole and that's what place, that's what i was right? gonna say is like we call it safe art we call it whatever we call it but like these people do that because it works and it's worked probably yeah. longer than we've been around yeah, man. So people you got to respect it. it. Yeah. People are going to buy it, man. Yeah. And um, yeah, they, they buy the crap load of it. So let's, let's conclude with that, right? That the art studio is what it's called, right? The art studio, Sacramento. And what's the address? 17th and I. And the show is when? July 9th. From what time? From four to 10. Okay. And we're going to have live music. We're still working out exactly what the live music will be, or we have both. I don't know yet. We'll see what we yeah, can do. We'll, see. we'll have it though. And uh, it's, you, yeah, me, which is Monsters and Suits, yeah, and my buddy Chris, which is Donut Man underscore Art, and uh, July 9th, the Art Studio Sacramento, from four to nine, brother. Yeah, and I have art that I've been saving just for this, and nobody's seen base coat, clear coat stuff with spray paint. Like, yeah, I'm trying to. Dude, that's tight, man. I can't wait till we set up the show. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I have some ideas on how I want to set it up, man. Well, I'm down for whatever. Let's do it. Let's conclude. With my question, I ask everybody, what's your idea of a dope day? Oh, shit. You know, um, the less less drama as possible, man. As, more, as mellow as it can get, doing art and uh, relaxing and um, being um, appreciative of the moment. Hey, that's a good one. Everybody has a good one because I always learn something. That's what it's about, man. You don't want to, anxiety is, is future tripping and and depression is tripping on the past. And Damn, words of present, wisdom. Present the moment, Damn, about the lies I made that up. That's tight. <laughs> now, we'll, you know, let's conclude with that. And I just appreciate your story. Thank you for telling us about your personal life and sharing us your art journey. Pleasure, brother. Yeah, we'll Thank have you, you back on. This podcast is brought to you in part by We Are Sacramento and the Loft. <laughs>